0: Pirates, we are born, pirates with still bait. We live on our ship
1: out of the sea. We rain the plunder, everyone never gets in away. That's what happens in an every pirate day. Buck Bros. Welcome back to another episode of the Buck Bros Podcast. Familiar feeling is always now on a losing streak of four. The Bucks get handled a loss against the Texans in brutal fashion. I want to welcome back my Buck Bros, Zach, John, and Bryce. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Like I said, a brutal loss, thirty-nine to thirty-seven. C.J. Stroud overcoming the Bucks in the final seconds of the game. Let me get your takes and probably seeing. Much of the same that we've always said, but let me get your takes on the Texans game and how CJ Stroud picked us apart. I mean, we said it earlier um,
2: in the season that we make rookie quarterbacks and backup quarterbacks look like they're the next Joe Montana, like the next Tom Brady. We always do it. Um, it's something that we've never prepared ourselves for for some reason. And when we have a decent lead and we we need to hang on to it, we just don't have that capacity anymore. And, Ben, but don't break until we just completely snap in half. And uh, that has been the tale this season and last season, really. So, uh,
3: yeah, we don't have a lot to show for this past week. Hey, Brocasters. Um, Yeah, two words. Bad coaching. Just all around terrible, terrible. Um, I don't think there's anything good we can even say about this game. Outside maybe the offense and Baker Mayfield playing pretty well in this game. Um, I don't, you know, the defense was pathetic. Uh, there's no way around it. The secondary was so awful. We didn't get much of a pass rush. We let CJ Stroud throw for 475 yards and five touchdowns. That's insane. The Panthers held him to under 200 yards passing. Um, and they're the worst team in the league. Well, soon, maybe not soon. Maybe we'll become <laughs> worse than the Panthers. I don't know. That's the way we're going. Uh, just, Bad, 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 bad.
0: Yeah, it's... I mean, what CJ Stroud did is insane. Like, it's... Bryce said it, like 470 and five tutties. He completed over 70% of his passes. He looked untouchable. Uh, it, it, He did not seem flustered at all by what we were doing. Uh, he always had an, an option to bail him out. Um, it seemed like anything he wanted, he was able to get. And they just they feasted on, on our secondary. It, it's one of the first times I felt like the defense was really, really underperforming the offense. I feel like a lot of the games, the defense has tried their best to keep us in the game as the offense floundered. But in this game, the offense, I mean, the script completely flipped. The offense had to try to keep pace with this, this um, apparently explosive Texans offense. I mean, they were without key pieces and they still were doing fine. Um, Really, like, just a head-scratcher from, from the defense. I don't have a ton of bad things to say about the offense, honestly. I mean, they, 37, that's a season high, right, for points? I mean, they were doing everything they could. Rashad White had his best game, probably. I mean, they used him frequently, and uh, he ran the ball well. It was It's unfortunate that we can't have that offense show up with the defense, the way they had been showing up, it's like it takes the defense completely leaving the building for the offense to show up. So, I, if there's a silver lining, it's you got to see what the offense is capable of. But it's really hard to see the game be mismanaged that way from a coaching perspective, and leads again and again just evaporate because the defense just couldn't stop them at all.
1: Yeah, I think that's the most frustrating thing for me. You hit it on the head is. The Bucks can't put these two things together. They have been pretty stellar on defense. And in those efforts, we get 16 points. We get six points. And then when we finally get something going on offense, the defense lays an egg. It's it's an incredibly frustrating problem to have. And um, like John was saying, the rookie quarterback stigma against the Bucks persists now especially with cj stroud and his historic day against us It just feels like a bucks fan you know i was saying it we are a team that has problems and we're finding ways to lose with those problems um and so i think brace you know and we'll touch on a later section Is right that the coaching is probably the genesis of all of this and and even in some decision-making like we saw in the game with the 10-second runoff versus timeout decision. Um, they're just
3: putting players in positions to fail. The end of that game is just bananas to me. I mean, we're marching down the field. We throw it, you know, Trey Palmer catches an in route, fumbles the ball, which sure looks like will be the game ending fumble somehow, some way. Mike Evans falls on that. Like, you only get one of those plays, like, every season, right? This miraculous play that benefits your team, the ball bounced your way. And and then we go and capitalize on it. The next play is a touchdown. Um, Yeah, to your point, Ryan, should we have called timeout there? Hindsight would say no. I would say if you score within a minute, your defense should be goddamn ready to not give up a touchdown with 40-something seconds left. That I think is the craziest thing is that uh, once again, like, yeah, we, you know, Todd Bowles found a way to snatch uh, defeat or snatch victory from defeat. Uh, or defeat from victory. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, finding ways to lose. It's a great way to put it, Ryan. Just ways to lose football games. And it's frustrating to watch.
1: Exactly. And we'll get more into that topic when we talk in our segment coming up. But I want to speak about all of the numbers. We had some historic numbers from the game. So I want to move to the buy the number section for week nine against the Texans. The first, I got a couple of numbers for you. These guys, um, these numbers are from the game guys. So again, just game kind of notes. And this first one might be a bit easy because you guys were talking about it and you might deduce it, but 496 is the first number total yards by the texans Yes, total yards nearly 500 yards in offense with a rookie quarterback that's insane Um, 475
3: of those are through the air that Uh, that means they got less than 20 yards rushing on that game well i think technically it's 440 yards i think
1: some sacks count against their passing
3: against pass yards
1: yeah so um, they technically had what fifty some rushing yards and four hundred and forty passing yards. Still not over ninety percent of their yards are through the air. That's insane. yes. Yeah. Eight yards per play. Eight per play.
2: And not the biggest walloping through the air that the Bucks have ever taken from a rookie quarterback. Does anybody know who it was?
0: Sounds like a trivia question. Joe Flacco. Like
2: Derek Carr with 515 setting his franchise record. One of three quarterbacks to set a franchise passing record against the Bucks.
0: We're just oh yeah! Giving away <laughs> trivia questions right now, John. I know, John. <laughs> it's the trivia guy. All right. Well, maybe you'll get
1: this number, trivia guy. The next number on our buy the numbers list: nine penalties. penalties. He's got the sheet up. That it's right, John. Penalties. Nine penalties for both sides.
3: Collusion. Collusion. Collusion.
1: 90 penalty yards. That's cool. That's actually less than the Texans got. Both teams got nine penalties. Um, Us for 90 and the Texans for 115. So a lot of penalty yards too in this game. Before we get to our next section, let's first update our listeners on what's happening in the NFC South. We had everybody in action. And unfortunately for us, there was some movement on the top. Now, the Atlanta Falcons lost to the Josh Dobb-led Vikings in a come from behind victory. They moved to four and five, I believe. And the Saints, on the flip side, were winners against the Chicago Bears. They moved to five and four, thus supplanting the Atlanta Falcons on top of the NFC South. The Panthers, as has been much of the case this season, lose to the Colts. They move to one and seven. So the Buccaneers are in the third spot and they are what, three and five. One, a game and a half out from the Saints on top of the NFC South. Now that we got the NFC South out of the way, let's move into that topic I was talking about. Who is this bucking guy? We've been talking about him all season. Some positive, a lot of negative. And Bryce, you hit on it on our game review. We want to talk about the coaching and specifically Todd Bowles and all. What is happening with the Bucs? So I'm going to open the floor to you guys, express some of your frustration with the season, specifically to the coaching staff and Todd Bowles. What is he What is he doing that's making you so upset?
2: For, for me, it's what he isn't doing, which is he doesn't seem to want to make any changes. When, when you're getting torched by a team through the air and you make no adjustments to slow them down, you, you've got the lead in a game and the clock is winding down, and they don't have a fucking kicker, their team has an old retread Bucks running back kicking field goals for them, and you can't stop them? Let them get into field goal range. It doesn't really matter. Just don't let them get deep on you. How are you letting these receivers get behind you? How are you getting blown up this badly, and you're supposed to be this defensive guru? It was disgusting. Uh, he's not. He hasn't made any adjustments all season, and I don't know what more it's going to take for him to realize that his mentality is losing these games for us. The, the NFL has passed him by. The game is not where it needs to be for him to play anymore. He's a relic. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore, and he has to go.
3: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on all of those points, John. Uh, to answer your question, Ryan, I, the thing that he's doing the most that's pissing me off is losing Um, that's number one, uh, that's four straight losses now, which he mentioned, wasn't going to let snowball, but now we've got a pretty decent sized snowball going here. So, I mean, really like, I just don't think he's a great head coach. Um, he was a great defensive coordinator under Bruce Arians. I mean, that was pretty evident, but I think once you put on the head coaching hat, right, it's you know you're you're in charge of the whole team um and i i guess he still wants to have his control on the defense but doesn't seem to be able and it's probably due to the fact that you're not going to have time as a head coach to put in as much effort into the plan uh the game plan the you know coaching plays the defensive calls that it takes to be an elite defensive coordinator um and it shows I mean, it's it's lacking i mean it seems like he's using a lot of zone coverage this season um And it's not been effective. You know, we've got, as John kind of pointed out uh, earlier, uh, you know, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean are more accustomed to, you know, man coverage, or they're better at it than zone. Uh, We're not getting home. You know, he's supposed to be the blitz master, but we seem to not be able to get to the quarterback, even though we're still blitzing at the same rate. Um, So, yeah, it's just his calling card is defense, and the defense – has looked progressively worse since the bye week. And it's gotten just to the point of they're not even playing defense now. So I think that in itself just tells you he uh, he's lost a little bit of control of the team, in my opinion. And I just don't see how he can fix it. How often do you get to see a head coach be
2: wrong during the game when they're interviewing him? So I believe it was during the Bills game where they cut to him on the sideline and they were like, and the bills were in the red zone and they were like, what do you expect next coach? And he goes, I expect a quarterback run. And uh, instead Josh Allen throws a pass for a fuck touchdown. He didn't even know what was going to happen. Like how often are you that wrong that fast? Like he, and he said with a comp and he has that shit eaten grin on his face. Like he's doing a good job. That's the thing that really gets under my skin. Quit looking like, you know what you're doing? You're a fool. You're an absolute fool. And you keep looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. I don't like it anymore. It's It makes me sad. It'd be one thing. You know, I saw Greg Schiano the other day uh, while I was watching college football. I was flipping through the channels. And I kind of missed that. At least he would get upset when his team was getting their asses beat. I'm tired of – this reminds me of Lovey Smith, standing on the sidelines during a loss and just like, mm, couldn't care less. No emotion for me, baby.
3: Yeah, we should teach our guys to um... – you know, on the when they take the QB for you know victory formation to <laughs> to go right at him like Shiano used to have him do. Nah, game's not over. Go for the knees. Foot on the line, gentlemen. Foot <laughs> on
2: the line. You you think Greg Shiano will let them get away with that tush push? No, bro. We we'll be blowing up kneecaps, dog. Not on my watch. Not on...
3: literally eating kneecaps. Y'all leave Greg alone.
0: Uh, yeah, so I have, no, uh, I have no objection to anything that's been presented. Um, obviously, Todd is very conservative. Todd is not someone who makes a lot of adjustments. There is a game plan. That is the game plan. Had a great week of practice. So we're going to stick to that game plan. If I hear about how good practice was one more goddamn time, I'm going to lose my mind cuz I don't care what you're doing on Wednesday cuz on Sunday it looks like dog shit. The team the thing the thing about the team that like frustrates me the most is the team has we're plus 8 on turnover differential. Just tied for third in the league. There is not a single team in football with a positive turnover differential that is under 500 except for the Bucks. So your players are not making crazy mistakes on the field. They're playing smart with the ball. You're not putting them in a position to win because they're not hurting themselves. Someone else is hurting them, and it's whoever's calling the plays. It's the most frustrating thing. You look at the list of turnover differential, and you're like playoffs, 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 bucks, playoffs, play. Like these teams are good, and I don't know how this this coaching staff is botching this so badly. But I, I think Todd is very quickly uh, coaching himself onto another team staff. Uh, So I'd love to see him turn it around, but four in a row, you know, three and one feels like forever ago. It's crazy how quickly things can change in a month's time because we were singing a lot of praises at three and one, right? And then now it's like, damn, we've really regressed to the mean maybe. I don't know. There's not a lot you can say in defense of Todd right now, other than he was a great defensive coordinator on a Super Bowl team.
2: I want to bring up one last point and, and I think you hit it correctly, Zach, which is how many more times do we need to hear about practice? And what I'll say is if you truly believe that this team is practicing well, and then this is the product that we get on Sunday, then you are not a good evaluator of what is and isn't a good practice. Because if, if you're saying these practices are great and you've eliminated penalties in practice, and I think we talked about that a week or two ago, then you're missing something. You're l- literally not seeing something all week long. And then it comes to Sunday and it's blowing up in your face. You're essentially telling us that you're a bad coach. You're missing it in practice. And he's telling on himself. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I don't want to hear about practice. I'm, practice?
3: There was a a tweet that had a clips of him and like, we talk about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game, game. Practice. practice. I think you guys are both hitting on,
1: you know, it's really like what he says after or before the games that really irritates me. And I think we said it earlier in our game review where he said, if we had played zone right, we would have been fine and to me both of your points are correct where i hate that answer because there's no accountability on the coach and i you can't keep getting away with that answer in your press conference you can't keep saying the players messed up my call the players messed up my call at some point you have to understand that what you're calling is not being taught to the players or for some reason whenever you get in a game however good practice was not translating to the game and you have to do something different and i feel like todd Bowles is saying in these pressers that i'm gonna keep doing the same thing and i'm gonna i'm gonna put it on the players to make the change and it's frustrating because at some point you have to take the accountability as the head coach to put the players in a position to succeed and he's just not doing that he's putting them in positions to fail
0: that lack of accountability is so frustrating. Like the buck, where does the buck stop? I mean, like we expect like a quarterback to come out after a game and be like, "That's on me," but the head coach can come out and be like, "Would have worked if they'd done their job." Like I don't. That's is that what a leader would say? I I feel like the guy who's making the decisions should be the one to take accountability. That that presser after and to say like it was a devastating loss. That come on, man, that was a collapse. That was an embarrassment. I mean, I don't, he's so disappointing to listen to after games.
3: I I don't really mind if coaches call out players sometimes if it, especially at the professional level, if they actually did like make a mistake, right? Like, you know, accountability should be both ways. Um, But he most certainly is starting to, I think he's starting to feel the pressure and becoming a little defensive. And yeah, I mean, it just seems like, you know, He's the definition of insanity. I keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results.
0: You can ask the players for accountability on Monday, but like Sunday after the game, I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's unnecessary. I expect you to go in and, and show them what happened and tell them what they did wrong behind closed doors. Yeah. But uh, Monday yeah, or Sunday after the game. dollars like... to
3: play football. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to feel bad if their coach calls them out for making a bad play. You know, if, they can have it out if they want, but that's just what it is. But again, I would say then the you know, most coaches aren't gonna do that. And secondly, yeah, you are I mean, you are the chief in command. So whatever whatever happens, regardless if it's your fault or the players' fault, falls on you.
1: I don't have an issue with him calling out players. I yeah. mean, like in my mind, Bruce Arians used to do that. The difference between the two is that Bruce Arians would win thirteen games a year. Todd Bowles is giving us the same answer after every loss and he has so many more losses i'm tired of hearing it fix the issue and you can't keep saying the issue is the player so If the issue is always the play if you're always around an asshole you're the fucking asshole I, and i i'm living breathing proof
2: of that everyone has told me that my whole life and then i just assumed i, I probably am the asshole but like and then he he did some shit that i would do uh just let so you know he is an asshole just like i am He threw a hissy fit when asked if he was ready to give up play calling. Did you see that? Like he got snippy. Girl, calm down, okay? If you were making great play calls, we wouldn't be asking this question. You were eight and nine last year. You're well on your way to being fucking four and twelve. You know, four and thirteen this year. What? Calm down. We just want to know what else is going on. And I can't take him anymore,
1: bro. Can't take him anywhere. Anybody have any more feelings to express about Todd Bowles? We'll be here all night. Do better. Do better. Yeah. I think every I think we speak for every Bucks fan when we say do better. So I, I
2: Googled Daria Boomba and it was like, do you dare make this jambalaya? And it's
1: a jambalaya recipe. <laughs> it's a great segue into Our What the Buck Bro. Now we move into our biggest blunders or follies of week nine. And I'm going to start with, do you want to make this jambalaya? Dare a The Texans organization fell into a predicament when they faced the Bucks on Sunday where they did not have a kicker. The What the Buck Bro part of this is that the Texans allowed their football team to go out on sunday without a kicker or a replacement for a kicker sorry gumbo wale stepped up to kick a field goal that proved to be crucial against us but i gotta what the buck the texans on that i think that's ridiculous the kicker in my opinion is very important part of a team and the option to not score field goals or anything is ridiculous they ended up winning but i still think it's a what the buck Let's move on to something a little closer to home. We have a right tackle of our own that John wants to call out. John, what the buck, Luke Gedeke? All right, man.
2: Listen, Luke Gedeke is a good guy. Every time the Buccaneers organization has a fundraiser or they do outreach with children or whatever it may be, homie is there. He is always there and he's always representing. And I really appreciate that for the crew. But when it's critical, when we need him, he is a a holding penalty, a false start penalty away from driving me up a goddamn wall. He has three more penalties than the next guy on the team. He has the most penalty yards on the team. And he got benched last season for poor play. And if I wasn't hearing his name so often, he wouldn't be coming up. And now Tristan Wirfs, has just as many total penalty yards, all right? But Tristan Wirth is like a goddamn all-pro. He gets a pass, all right? If Anton Winfield Jr. gets a defensive holding penalty, you give him a pass. Luke Geddick doesn't get a goddamn pass. I should never hear your name. You and Toothless Joe Malk over there need to be real, real quiet. We should never hear your names. That's the sign of a good lineman when we don't know who the hell you are until we give you a gold jacket. I want to hear your name one more time. This season, unless you're riding the bench or doing some goddamn fundraiser type shit. Get out of here. Go home, Luke Gettikey. But thank you for your contribution to the Tampa Bay community. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Give him one of those little banners in the end zone, like key's <laughs> Gangsters or whatever it is that he gets. You know what I mean? That'd be dope. Him? I hope Go it home. is
3: Gettikey's Gangsters. Yeah, dude, I'm raising Getty-Gee's funds Getty-Gee's. for inner city burn victims. Uh but
2: whatever it may be, I I appreciate I do I appreciate a man of the town. I like that uh you know A V wasn't doing that. So like I
1: appreciate him, but that's not enough to keep you on the team. Go home. That's like the (laughs) she has a good personality, but you don't date her. The Luke (laughs) Ketekee equivalent. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Bryce, you also have somebody you want to call out on our Buccaneers team. Who's your what-the-buck of the week?
3: Yeah, um, you know, Mr. Grade-Digger as well, Barry, you know, go ahead and dig his own grade for this game because it was atrocious. Carlton Davis. Uh, I don't think I've seen a worse performance from a cornerback, an NFL cornerback, in quite some time. Um, I believe <laughs> – his coverage uh, results were uh, against Tank Dell, I believe he allowed seven of eight targets for 160-something yards of uh, the three touchdowns allowed in the game. Uh, just, yeah, this is the guy Jamar Chase said was the best cornerback in the NFL or that he's been up against. Give me a break. I could go up against Carlton Davis from last Sunday and probably catch two or three. That way he was playing all that separation. You can shake your head, but I'd give him a little one-two, and then uh, that'd be it. I would uh, be out of the game instantly.
0: (laughs) Mike Evans' hand up right away.
3: (laughs) That's it, Coach. Pull me. Uh, But anyway, yeah. um, But, you know, this is a guy that we paid, you know, handsome money on a second contract to, to be our, no, number one cornerback. And that's not what a number one cornerback should look like. Um, You get paid $15 million a year to play cornerback. It better be a better performance than that. I believe, you know, Ronda Barber came out and said, We look like the worst secondary in the NFL. And that's with Antoine Winfield Jr. So, you know, the other three are just absolute dog. So, Carlson Davis, what the buck?
2: Yeah, I think just... when he went against Jamar Chase, he played press man, though. He just stayed right. He just stayed attached to that boy's hip the whole game. He didn't allow him, to, he didn't play any soft zone against Jamar Chase. I promise
1: you that. I would also like to what the book Zion would call him because
0: I I'm sure he's a great guy. I hate him <laughs> on the team. So uh, the the moment he got subbed in, I, I, I told the cole I was like, oh, I like Zion. And then he immediately got targeted and I was like, oh <laughs> damn. The only
1: time I saw Zion on the field was him running behind the receiver as he grabbed the ball and ran away from him. It's the only time I
3: saw twenty seven. Yeah, they got him on those mesh plays where they, you know, the guy picks, They know, rub. He's yeah. just yeah, rub play, and he's he's clearly a five yards behind the receiver running the other way. You can be as fast as you want, but every receiver in the NFL is going to be able to catch a ball when they've got five yards of separation on you.
1: My man looked like he was a, in a track meet with Usain Bolt, was just getting lapped. All right, let's get out of the um, NFL game. Or the Bucks game, I should say. Move on to Zach's. What the Buck? What happened with a f- fishy possession in the Dolphins game?
0: I would like to begin this by saying I'm generally a fan of Michael Daniels, and I would take him. I would cut my pinky off to have him on the Bucks sideline right now. But it's hard to uh, <laughs> to look at what happened at the end of their game and have many nice things to say. The Dolphins, they. They get the ball back. I mean, long story short, with like over a minute left, field goal to tie, touchdown to win. They rip off two 20-yard rushing plays. They're at like the 40, 45, Uh, three straight incomplete passes, and then they call a timeout to think about what they're going to do on fourth and long and proceed to have a botched snap to ask to fall on it game over they took a timeout to think about this great play that they need to try to win this game after completely like ruining the script of that drive after they had two gash runs and then they just throw three incomplete passes in a row to then have a botched snap. And it's such a flat way to end the game. Uh, what the buck for that possession. I still uh, appreciate Mike McDaniels as a coach and individual, but what the buck. A little fumble there
1: near the end. They had the opportunity. Uh All I can think about whenever we talk Dolphins
2: is Ace Ventura. I'm like, God damn it, Zach. You know how superstitious these players are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Quarterback that hasn't washed his jockey straps since high school.
1: All right, let's move on. We wrapped up week nine with our What the Buck, bro. Let's move to the week 10 game preview. This week, we take on the Tennessee Titans at home. Both teams, three and five, it's a one o'clock kickoff. So, Buck Bros, and let me start with Buck Bro, John here. What are the keys to the game this time for the Buccaneers to come out with maybe a win against the Titans? So, we've been decent against the run,
2: and that's really what they've got going for them right now. Uh, They just changed up quarterbacks to Will Levis, but this isn't his first game. So I'm less stressed about it. Uh, but I am prepared to say that if we lose to a guy who puts mayonnaise in his coffee, that the rest of the season is a wash. That we got tank out. We got tank. We got tank for a new coach and new quarterback. We got to go hard. Um, uh, but the key to the game for me is spirit. Does this team have the spirit and the willingness and the drive to compete? Because we know that we're not out of it. We know that with a losing record, we could still win this division. We could still make a play into the playoffs, but do we want to? Do the players want to? Do the coaches want to? Does this organization want to be good? And that's my key to the game is whether we have the spirit and the toughness and the mentality to keep grinding. Because if not, then we need to change the dynamic of the
0: whole season. He he also eats bananas with the peel on. That's the caliber of individual well, yeah, are you serious? Is. I'm 100% serious. He eats <laughs> the banana in the peel.
2: Didn't Kevin Spacey do that in k pax when he's talking to Jeff Bridges? He's like, Not oh, someone oh, you want to be
0: associated oh, with from Kevin's a character perspective. Stay. I'm with
1: John now, though. That last bit of information, Zach. If you if we lose, we
3: got to tank. <laughs> right. I, I, I mean, it's I'm definitely... I peeled their bananas. Like, <laughs> he must have... Uh, the, the evolution of the human race must have skipped him. Chimpanzees peel bananas, (laughs) dog. I'm
0: pretty sure Darwin deniers just point to Will Levis. He's the missing link, I thought. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of like a loser leaves town game here. Like, both teams have shown, like, flashes, but both at three and five. They actually, they're in a worse spot because the Jags, I think, only have, like, two losses. So their division's probably already out of of reach. Uh, I mean, key-wise... Don't let a rookie quarterback do what we let rookie quarterbacks do in general. Like the schedule is full of rookie quarterbacks. If AR didn't go down, we would have had another one. But I mean, we'll get Bryce Young twice as well. Um, I don't really know what the key to the game is aside from burn whatever you did last week, burn that. At least the defensive side. Like, I mean, with offense did, like they have something to build on, they have, they showed promise. But defensively, yikes. Uh, and Will Levis has torched teams this season. I mean, he's played two games, but the first game oh, was that the Falcons torched them. So, you know, he's got that in him. Say that again. And he came in late, he
2: didn't even play the whole game.
0: Yeah. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was eaten. So, you know, I hope Carlton Davis is prepared. I don't want to see D Hop go into town. Um, so, yeah, defensively, I mean, it's just burn everything you did last week. That's not working. Don't do that again. Never again. Um, offensively, do exactly what you did last week. That looked great. Ran the ball. You scored a season high amount of points. This game's gettable. It just feels like a Bucks loss. It's just like a home game against a team you should beat. Feels like a loss. I hate to say that. I had it written down as a loss, but I had the Texans as a win. So, you know, what do I know?
3: Well, the Titans haven't won a road game yet, so something's got to give. We're one and three at home; they're zero four on the road.
0: So um, the that feels that? like a bu- that's more of a Bucks yeah. loss to me. The fact that you just said that, we're definitely we're this year. We're like, who wants to get a record? Who wants to who wants to buck a trend?
2: At least they can't have a lot of traveling fans, though, right?
3: Jesus Christ! It's Tennessee. No, I think this will be one home game where we'll have some home, you know, we'll have the majority of fans. But, yeah, I mean, exactly, you hit it. Whatever you've been doing, stop doing it. Um, like, four games in a row where we have lost and we haven't been competitive in – probably. well, we haven't been competitive in two of them against better teams, and then we've totally, you know, shit the bed in the other two games that were absolutely winnable. This is another winnable game. Tennessee's not a great team. You are at home. You are playing a rookie quarterback who drinks milk, or sorry, mayonnaise with his coffee and eats peels on the banana. Just, this is a game we should win, but you're not wrong. I don't feel great about it. There's nothing really to feel great about how this team prepares for games and how they play. It all falls down on the coach, and we spent – Quite a you know amount of time on this episode discussing that. I just want to be surprised. Maybe this will be the game that get back on track and great. I don't expect it, but it'd be nice.
0: They don't. They don't deserve our optimism at this point. Like they no, just they don't deserve no optimism. it. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying
1: I'm in. I think I'm in full buck ball mode now. You know, I expect to be disappointed, but not disappointed. Where i can turn the game off at the third quarter no i gotta sit there until the very end to know that the team's gonna lose that's how i expect this game to go i would like to see the offense continue what they're doing with rashad um like you said 37 points most we've had i think in the bulls era uh for the buccaneers so offense can keep what they did on tape against the texans but defensively uh find your mojo do whatever you have to do to get back to what we were doing because <laughs> I, I was gonna say how many of y'all when
2: we got that that last tuddy went game over like we were like yes locked it up dog i got up oh. drink i was like wrap it up dog that's a present for john
3: yeah i also thought like oh man hell yeah we're gonna win this game uh Thank God that Mike Evans jumped on that ball and then went from very elated to what the buck, man? What the? Ah! I moonwalked from the recliner to the bar and I was
2: like, yeah, by the time I got back, it was over.
1: Oh yeah, I was in my living room to my bedroom in like half a second. I was so excited after our touchdown. And then I think it was once they completed the first pass I was like this is not going to end well it was almost like you you knew it was going to happen it was just when it was going to happen the That's way when you the tell, your
2: girl, tell your girl I'm gonna give you the Todd Bowles I'm gonna get you
1: all the way there and then I ain't gonna finish all right well I have a feeling the Bucks are gonna pull a Todd Bowles with the Titans again um but I I, I hope to be surprised But, uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of optimism for this game.
0: I don't want to take us off a big tangent, uh, but I just wanted to get a quick pulse check. How many losses this season would it take for Bulls to be fired midseason? Is that something you think is on the table?
3: No. Yeah, the Glazers have never fired a coach midseason.
0: I I
1: don't think our track record would say that.
0: And we've had miserable
3: seasons before. We've already won more than you know, probably seven or eight seasons of our <laughs> franchise history. So
2: we <laughs> he had a player,
3: we had a player
2: quit in the middle of a game, walked across the field, and and we've never had a coach ever even talked to by <laughs> an owner. So i I think we're
1: I think Todd Bowles, unfortunately, is very very safe. Yeah, I think we're stuck with him. So we'll see how many tie Bowls we pull. But for this week, let's now get into our fantasy picks of the week. And as we always do, let's first get with Zach and see our current fantasy standings after last week.
0: Yes, week nine. Uh, let's see. Okay, John had the worst week. But it was a good week. 28.68 brings his total to 230.86. That's good for fourth place. Uh, Next lowest score was Bryce. He had 29.48. That's good for second place overall, 297.42. Ryan, great week. Great week. You had 27, almost 28 points from Rashad White. uh, Another 22 from Joey. Uh, So 50 point. Only a second time someone's eclipsed 50. Uh, But that brings your total up to 283.54. You're entering the race at the top. uh, But your leader after nine weeks is myself. 298.52 overall. Had a decent week. 31.7. Not too bad. But those are your standings. Me, Bryce, Ryan, John. Nice, yeah, Rashad White. He's moving pick. up. Uh, is, I'm he is. How he
1: gets picked uh, was, this week? They've made an effort to get him involved. Um, I don't know what happened with Baker, but he is starting to do the checkdowns and not do
0: anything with Mike. Can it's I tell you what it is? Can I tell you what it is? I recently went to PDQ. They put his ass on a PDQ cup, Rashad White. That's uh, what it is. Those are people dedicated PDQ to quality. That's right. All right, well, let's hope
1: we get some quality picks. I think we start this week with Zach on the first pick for
0: the Bucks. Oh, ill prepared. Um, oh, for the Bucks. Oh, well, come on, come on. I'll take the hot hand, Rashad White.
1: All right, now I've lost my place as to who is next. It's me, baby, John.
2: And don't even worry about it, cause I, I have a feeling that Chris Godwin is going to have his biggest game of the year this week. I really think that him and Baker Mayfield have started clicking on not just touchdown shots, but just better overall play coordination. I believe Chris Godwin's going to blow it up. Give me CG. That's well.
3: Yeah. Cause he had his worst performance last week. So <laughs> yeah, thank you, Chris. Yeah. Great, great job there. Two catches. Ugh. Wow. Anyway, uh with a third overall pick in the Buccaneers week ten fantasy draft, um, the hustle and hustle boss will be taking Baker Mayfield, quarterback, Oklahoma. Ryan, you have to take me on.
1: I feel like we've messed up this order because I was last, last week as well for the Buccaneers. Cause anyway, no, I was I, no because I definitely picked Joey Burr first. Mm. Because you didn't update the thing because you were in your car and we never updated the thing. So you updated it from we never two weeks ago.
3: Episode, so how am I supposed to know?
1: Well, because we didn't have internet. <laughs> in any that's case. The, that's the royal we. In any case, because <laughs> we didn't post one, that means I get the first pick for the next one. Um So, with the fourth overall pick in the Buccaneers draft, the real hustle and hustle boss organization, uh, we'll be taking none other than Mike Evans. He's earned it. He's a Hall of Famer, first ballot, Um, 1,000 yard season coming up.
0: And he's just, he's due. He's due. He's due. Has any streak benefited more from the extra game a year than Mike Evans' 1,000 yard season streak? Uh, it, like, guarantees it, almost like... Asterisk. It's like... Uh, no, Ryan, You did, we did not mess the order up, because I picked T. Higgins right before you, I thought, last week, before you picked Joey Burr. No? Okay. All right. Well,
2: retracted. That man seems confident. He's right. the only one who knows what the
3: episode sounded like.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, now that I've been thrust into the first pick for this um i find myself a little bit behind the eight ball so give me a second okay i don't see his name keep me honest i'm going to pick adam Thielen.
0: oh that's free yeah that square is one taken how do you spell I hope oh, that's right what a pick bro oh whoops sorry how i like gave that, that to thing? me John saying that makes me want to make sure he didn't pick Adam Thielen. Okay. All right. Boy, let's see here.
3: Let's go with Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) Motherfucker.
0: It's all you want when you make a pick is to hear someone scream in agony. Okay. T Law, it's yours. John, you have the most eclectic list of players here. It's just so impressive. Say, it's before so John impressive. picks,
1: I just want to acknowledge <laughs> the list of players I'm
0: looking at right now. There's I, some chalk, like Devontae well, and Lamar.
2: That fucked me up. Oh, man, I need a Trevor Lawrence bad. Um, you
1: will oh, we'll take Dak.
2: guy that gets the dirty massages. Oh, Deshaun Watson! Deshaun Watson! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hold on, because it might be him. Hold on one second.
3: Um, I don't think he's playing. Didn't they put him in? It's Ravens Brown. It's Ravens Brown. Oh, I mean, like, is he playing in the game?
0: Yeah. Well, he was benched every week. He's like, just I don't want to play. Yeah, I would. I would not take Deshaun Watson. All right, give me Dak Prescott. Okay, that dovetails nicely into my pick, which is going to be CeeDee Lamb. Oh, God. And that's opportunity for both of you to feast or both of you to famine. Yeah.
3: The I already play? made the Giants? the Giants? Yeah, that's yeah. why.
0: I already had CeeDee Lamb circled. If Trevor could
3: I mean, they scored most of their points on defense and special teams last time they played the Giants. Yeah. Might as well take the Cowboys defense. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well those are the fantasy picks for week 10 we'll see how they come out thanks for letting us know where we stand right now zach let's now go to our trivia segment what you know bro john we did have a trivia question last week did we end up with any winners all
2: right we did have a winner
1: and that would be kit
2: squared Winner of a Buccaneers Beanie, great job this week. I really appreciate everyone participating in these trivia questions. It actually has been great engagement uh for our fans on social media. We have been really trying to get our listenership up. And this has been been an awesome way to get you all involved. I really thank you all for participating. And Bryce, you knitted that beanie
0: yourself, right? That's handmade.
3: Oh yeah. Um I'm a crochet master. Yeah. It's 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 ready for winter time. We don't have that down here in Florida, but I like to imagine a, a game where I'd go and wear that beanie and now somebody else can. Somebody. With the buck bro warmth.
0: <laughs> Make sure you take the tags off uh, so you can keep the homemade thing alive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Judd, did we have a trivia question for this week? This week's trivia question. We are going to go easy
2: on the fans this week because everybody needs a w not just the bucks but those of you at home what quarterback led the buccaneers to their first winning season what quarterback led the buccaneers
1: to their first winning season very nice buccaneers quarterback first winning season Guys, if you want a chance to win, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Buck Bros You guys can answer for a chance to win the prize of the week, which we will announce winners always on our podcast the following week. All right, let's move on to our final tracker, the college section, Caleb Williams. Zach, we said it earlier, we're moving towards the Caleb Williams direction. How did he do in his
0: uh, football game this week? Yeah, unfortunately, he lost to Washington, Um, but it was not, for lack of uh, a great performance by Caleb, Uh, another stellar game, over 300 yards, completed 77% of passes, three tutties, Um, he also ran for a touchdown, just continues to impress, and he will be the first overall pick, and we have to do everything we can, I'll leave it there.
1: Well, for now, Buck Bros, we're going to leave you with that. We hope you guys are having fun and joining us in the Buck season and a little bit of the Bucks misery and the old Buck ball that we're all used to. We hope you guys have a good week. We're going to end our episode, as we always do, by saying, go Bucks. Go
3: Bucks. Go
0: Bucks. Go Bucks. It's a pick em. Vegas has us like dead <laughs> even with the Titans.
2: You know what we haven't done in a while is great football names, which is an old segment that I really enjoy. And a top 20 player right now who could easily fall in our lap has probably the best football name coming into this draft. And that is out of Alabama, my dog Kool-Aid McKinstry. All right. He could very easily fall to the Bucks cornerback to take some of that pressure off of Carlton Davis. Keep your eyes and ears out for my dog, the Kool Aid
0: Man.
3: Oh yeah, <laughs> I was serious about that Kool Aid.
0: I thought
3: you Kool I,
0: th- I thought you were going to say Jackson Dart, the quarterback from All Miss. That is a hell of a quarterback name. And that Jackson
3: General Booty from Oklahoma. Is Jackson like? is spelled with
1: an X, by the way. Where's Where's Kofasier Smoke?
3: Ooh. don't we
0: have our we our own Kermat we, Kermat have
3: Kermat? we have wow. a Cervasier we have a We could have yeah. I love that name cervasi sounds so
0: elegant I remember them at like the combine or something they were like Servvasia <laughs> pronounce it. I heard <laughs> oh. his
3: name when we were talking about oh. I was like
0: when I read his name I was like cervakia
1: what the heck <laughs> <laughs> milk <laughs> check yeah Cervatia.
2: you know there's always a uh, TJ Tampa coming in late in the second round as well. That's T.J. Tampa. T.J. from Tampa.
0: He gets (laughs) number two immediately, right? (laughs) Well,
2: he's like the number four cornerback in the league I was looking earlier. We do need
1: cornerbacks. We've highlighted
2: There's a new
3: definition to uh, Tampa, too.
1: You know what? I'll take him if he gets Zion McCullen off of my team. Give me Tampa.
2: Zion's a
3: good name, too.
1: Ball design, really.
2: <laughs> they they will there. all always be number two to the number one best football name ever, Chidi Ahanatu.
1: Ooh, what about Kabaja Bija, Bija Bija Mila Akbar Baja Bija Mila. <laughs>
2: I love when that white guy in American Ninja Warrior says he's like I'm such and such, and this is Akbar Biamilo.
3: I like the guy who used to play for the Texans called Merciless. Oh, that, yeah, that Whitney, was my favorite football Whitney name, Merciless, Whitney Merciless. yeah. Winton Merciless, or some uh, shit. Merciless. Right? Yeah. yeah. Such a great. La- I mean, Dick Buckus is probably the best football name you could ever come up with, but Merciless. Hard to beat. Yeah.
2: No.